You're getting a real bone for comedy, John. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Reconcilable Differences. Uh, wait, is this really episode 207? I think I got that number right, right? Yeah, I think so. That was my laundry number in, uh, in military school. What does that mean? Uh, when you show up at school, you got to buy all their clothes. It was a whole racket, John. But you get these, like, you get a you get Sharpie, you get a white marker, and you have to put your laundry number, which is kind of de facto, it becomes something almost like your serial number. You have mm-hmm. to put it in all of your clothing so when the clothes get washed, they can tell yeah. who it belongs to. So if, the, if you get caught by the enemy, all the only thing you have to tell them is name, rank, and laundry number. Yes, with the enemy here being... Is this yeah. to avoid having to write your name on all your stuff? Like, would you write the laundry number on, on every item of clothing or just on the bag? Like, where did this go? Well, it's a good question. It was, um, I'm, I'm trying to avoid the really obvious one, which was like when I was in college and everything was your social security number, but it's not mm-hmm. that far off. I mean, you had you had your name, uh, but that, it was called your laundry number, but you would write it on, well, at least if you were me, you'd write it on your books, you'd write it, yeah, and you'd write it on your literal laundry bag, your meta number. You write it on everything because that was you. And that was a way to like get something returned to you if it was mislaid. I see. But you wouldn't uh, write it on each individual pair of underwear. Yes. For example. You would. In the band, uh, usually. Calvin Klein? Serves. What kind of person has his name on all his underwear? <laughs> I'm happy for Biff. Well, I must imagine Biff happy. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's, that's what it was. It was weird. We should, you know what? Let's write that down. That's a good one. We should talk about military school someday. That was, a, that was a heck of a scene we had there. Would that be a mini topic, probably? I think we have talked about military school in the past, but Which yeah, one? You, should, you should flesh flesh that out. Hmm. I mean, I, I would pick, you know, facets, aspects mm-hmm. to explore. Um, Admiral, Farragut, Academy. Um, and, and, and we're back. This is, well, I don't know what this one's going to be. Oh, you know what? Let me ask you something. You you don't have anything here under FU, but I think a lot of folks, including me, enjoyed last week's uh, episode of follow-up about cups. Is -hmm. there anything new on the horizon for that? Is there anything in your science and your shoe leather reporting from the show floor? Is there anything you're still keeping your eye on with regard to uh, cups, UK or otherwise? I think we pretty much covered it. I haven't seen any new developments or information or positions or anything since last episode. I think we basically got it all. I mean... The, the the release of the episode produced another outpouring of the same sort of menagerie of opinions from before in about the same amounts, but nothing really new, I don't think. Did you get one person who wrote, who wrote in and sent me a, a photo of their bathroom cup and said uh, that they weren't, the adults in the house were not cup users, but they were they were bringing their children up as cup users, which I endorse. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's too late for the older generation, save the younger generation. Um, but he was concerned that uh, the kids were getting, uh, you know, crusty, dried toothpaste on the rim of the cup. I suggested perhaps cleaning the cup. Cleaning the cup. Would you clean? Yeah, would you the, clean the it in the bathroom, thing, or would you take it to your kitchen and clean it? I mean, you can just you can just rinse it off. Like, rinse the, it off. Like, yeah. I mean, same thing I say. Like, how do you how do you clean off your toothbrush? You know, oh, I just rinse it after every time I use it. Well, I'll do the same thing to the cup. Yeah. All right. Some people say, well, I rinse my toothbrush after every time I use it, but I also I, ru- I run my thumb back and forth across the bristles to to really get it clean. Well, I'll do the same thing to your cup. Like whatever you do to your toothbrush, just do that to your cup. That'll be fine. The other thing I suggested, which I think is controversial, not controversial, is is an impossibility for some people, uh, for reasons. And one of those people is my wife. So I just I've, yeah, yeah. I, no, I understand. I've, I've talked to her about it before, but she just is not going to change her ways because it doesn't seem like a thing she needs to change. But uh, one of the reasons little kids get uh, toothpaste, you know, stuff all over their 
cup is that when they brush their teeth, they look like they have rabies, right? You brush, you kill little kids brush their teeth and it's fun to go kind of, yeah, yeah, like yeah. foam all over the mouth. You know, it's just the big foamy mouth, like a, you know, not, it's, I, I it's, know. it's legitimately funny. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like, it's like the cartoon version of dog with rabies, just foam, foam all around the mouth. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know some, like my, that's how my wife brushes her teeth. She brushes her teeth so much so that just foam is out everywhere to the point where towards the end of the toothbrushing, she must be over a sink because eventually the foam cannot hold, right? And it will it will just fall from the, the foam circle around her mouth and just drip off into the sink. So she has to make sure she's over the sink when that happens. Right. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, brush my teeth with my mouth closed, more or less, which is like, how can you have your mouth closed? The toothbrush is in there, right? But the, the mouth is flexible. Well, if, you've got, flexible. if you've got a power toothbrush, you got to do it that way. Right. Well, yeah, this is just, I'm talking manual toothbrushes for now. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. when I brush with my manual toothbrush and then I spit when I'm done, there is no other process that needs to be performed because there is no toothpaste on the outside of my mouth. I don't need to rinse off my mouth. I don't need to wash my lips off. It's all inside the mouth. But that is not how many people brush their teeth. So, when I, you know, when, when I first was, uh, you know, I think this was in the dorms, right? Even before I was living with my wife, got, had occasion to see her brush her teeth. I noted the the rabid foam around the mouth and and uh and I said suggested that she might try it a different way and she did not want to do that and to this day still does not do that so one of the things I would say is your kids are young they're impressionable maybe see if any of them have the aptitude to brush their teeth with their uh without having their mouth wide open the whole time making giant foam all over their face because if you do that you have to end up washing your mouth off at the end of brushing your teeth <sighs> Oh, we should also, I'm, I'm thinking about that. It, it implies to me that she, it doesn't matter that it's your wife, except that it is, um, that she retains all of the uh, the pasty suds and then just spits it all at the end. Yeah, I don't know if there's any intermediary spitting, but the whole point is that the suds escape the mouth and start forming up around the lips. Yeah, just seems like yeah. basic, yeah. I, so you're, so you're, yeah. you're saying with a power toothbrush, which we do have an electric, but none of us really caught on to it. I used to use an electric as a kid, and then there was a long gap, and then a dentist started recommending them many years ago, so we got another one, and no one in the family was really into it. It's one of those ones with replaceable heads, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, so we anyway. got we, we were basic Sonicare, you know, charge it up in the bathroom family. And so for that one, you said you think that when you use a power toothbrush that somehow it is more necessary than with a hand one for you to close your lips around it? It, ha- it was true for me. Um, I'm usually a, uh, a manual reader, but I might have read the manual like not deeply enough the first time because you stick it in. It's like, whoa, what's going on? Even when oh, you're a, you, a manual as in the book of instructions that comes with the toothbrush. Yes, correct. Um, and it, basically you just get this, you, you, I don't, you know what? I don't want to talk about it, but I, I, you make a lot of spit. And, and like you eventually learn you're, you're going to like basically you develop, or at least I develop this method of like keeping my mouth slightly open. So it kind of drains out as you go. I don't think there's anything. Oh, to be- so you're so you're over the sink and you're just like a continuous sort it's of a sink, John. Dri- it's what it's for. Dribbly fountain of stuff. As opposed to your getting mouth. all over a child's cup. Yes. So that's the opposite of what I was saying. Was you were saying I, I thought that maybe you would keep your it was necessary for you to keep your mouth closed, but you're saying no, it's necessary to keep it. I don't open. know. I don't brush my teeth enough. I, I really shouldn't be allowed to have a vote. I should get three fifths of a toothbrushing vote. Mm-hmm. The, the other part of this is that. There's the existence, I think we've done a really good job so far of revealing the existence of secret weird things people do. But mm. there's a downside to that, which is once you start talking about it, there's all kinds of like externalities that come into it. Starting with, gosh, I wonder if I wipe wrong. 
that's starting with that, that that seems to be like the uh the original sin of secret weird things there or at least it has been i think actually no maybe they came by it's been at least a year where you've been since you've been talking about you know that, you huh? know you wonder about it you know you wonder i don't actually but you yeah. definitely do you will like at&t said uh, you will i don't think that was in the commercial i think it was <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, like like anything, I mean, the obvious, I'm, I'm so down on the, the, the internet right now. Uh, God, everybody's so dumb right now, including me. But, like, you know, it's like, uh, then it turns into a bit, and then people are like, oh, now I've decided that I'm a partisan about this kind of thing that I didn't know about till last week, and it's got to be a thing. And I feel like it queers the results a little bit when a secret weird thing becomes unsecret, and then there's a discourse around it, and I don't know if you'll ever get another honest response again. If people, yeah, if people knew fine. they wiped wrong, would they say so? I think it's five. I don't think I don't think this is the type of thing where people are lying about it to align themselves with one side or another because the, the they'll certainly the, exaggerate it though. Your uh, flying maybe. monkeys will do that left and right. Oh, John, I have a, I have a finished room too, and that's where I have my freezer for a while. Woo. You uh, know that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just you know it's it's important to keep th- some things to yourself. That's wiping thing though. It's going to be a scourge eventually. We're all going to have to really. <laughs> Because who knows what's going to happen? You know, you got artificial intelligence, you got you know the environment, and it's probably something we should we should be talking about. I mean, you just uh, well, uh, on that front, I think you're just inviting the bidet people to to come in force because they are a unified front. Ugh, I bet they're like type designers. I bet they have little small glasses. The bidet people. I'm uh, I'm not that we're talking about bidets this episode, but I am pro bidet despite the fact that I have never actually used one. I am too. Um, I have a uh, cold water bidet here at my office and I, I like it a lot. It's unconventional, mm-hmm. um, but I like it. Unconventional fancy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I used it today. I found it very comforting. But mm-hmm. if you get the full on Toto, you know, like if you ever go to my sister-in-law's house and you get to get the full Toto experience mm-hmm. with the hot seat, you get a yeah, hot your seat. Your butt's not in Kansas anymore. No, no, it is not. Talk about flying monkeys. And you, uh, and yeah, no, it's real, it's real nice. Now with the cold water, it's a, it's a different kind of experience. It's more that of seems a, like a, more of a punishment. <laughs> a pun, pun, putting a punishment gives it a, um, like almost a biblical valence. Cold water washlet is disrespectful to dirt. Huh. That was a, that was a combination okay. of, uh, me a day and, uh, Mr. Sparkle is going for there. Oh, I see. The the uh, that that's when Homer's a Japanese uh, trade that's symbol. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like it. if I had if I had the resources, meaning like plumbing and electric for it, I'd, I'd have one all the time. It is really nice. And here's the thing, guys. I mean, you know, there used to be a place. <laughs> there's a place we used to go in Tallahassee called China Super Buffet. And uh, China Super Buffet used to be a place where, yeah, 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 they had they had like a fair amount of like nominally <laughs> Chinese-inspired dishes, but you know they had a whole table full of stuff like tater tots and tater skins and like tater vests or whatever. Like they had, they had a, a Chinese whole, buffet, super Chinese, but yeah, oh, this is yeah. huge in Florida. I guess Six dollars. Super part. Well, the first sushi I ever had in my life was at a buffet. Mm-hmm. That was in that was also in Tallahassee, Florida. I have to say, I've been to a lot of Chinese buffets and I've never seen one with tater tots. Yeah. Well, move to Florida, John. <laughs> the, the time is right. And, um, but like, you know, the, uh, I'm just saying like, you know, you could bring your kids along and you might be there for the quote unquote unquote low main, but, but little, little Jack, little Jack and Jill, they really want them taters. They want them nugs. 
And that doesn't obviate, and it doesn't change the name of the place. It's still a Chinese super buffet. Everyone says so. It's $6 plus tax. You know, they have ample parking. But I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is, like, you know, it's hard to know. Once you open the doors on this kind of stuff, people are, people, it's hard to know. Pe- now that people know this is a thing, I think this is what parents worry about with smut. They're worried that they'll have a smut person in their life. <laughs> that before the person didn't know their genitals could be stimulated for any purpose that wasn't, you know, strictly for the Lord. And, and then maybe it's similar here with, you know, Chinese taters. <laughs> well, let's Any, say, uh, I, I always forget, you, maybe you can know this or look up on one of your text files what it is. The thing where someone mentions, uh, you know, a particular kind of car and then you see that car everywhere. What is that one? Um, I've heard it called, um, I think it's called Peter Meinhof syndrome. Okay. Anyway, we've got that going on with, with, uh, people, with our... Because what time was, nobody ever heard Peter Meinhof. And then everybody heard about Bader. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. I remember you it as a joke. You better hope you're getting it right if you're going to make that joke. Oh, I, I could be wrong. I'll check it out. But I, my exam, my file card on that is Donald Hollister on uh, That Girl, where he's trying, fixing to buy uh, Marie um, uh, an engagement ring. He's finally going to make an honest woman of uh, Marla Thomas. And then he hears the word baguette. And then suddenly he keeps hearing the word. That's when I first heard the word baguette. So now we got an Eric's water fountain situation. As in the shape of the diamond? It's some kind of a measurement of, of ringstones. Mm. And, uh, and, and then he starts hearing baguette all the time. He's like, I never heard this word until yesterday. And now it's a similar thing there. I want to say Bader Meinhof, but go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, related to that and our bathroom cup discussion, mm-hmm. we had that, we had the thing we, we talked about it on a podcast, we released it. And then I did some, uh, some science work on Mastodon. And then we did another podcast and we released it. So lots of people in our podcast audience know about it. Plus all of the people who follow me on Mastodon and saw that poll or answered it or participated in the discussions. Right. So we have planted the seeds out there. And then shortly after uh, the most recent podcast episode came out. Well several done. Days after Nicely that, done. You, you uh, really killed a, it with that one. It was good. The latest episode of Succession on HBO opened with maybe the second scene in the opening. Uh, sort of like yeah. wordless. Well, it wasn't wordless. I think there was the, the phone call. with Reacquainting us. Like, like we're going to check in on the three main siblings and like where they are now. And right. if they're kind of like dealing with their... The, their first day of like, uh, we will learn in a minute. It's when they all go to Logan's place, you know, mm-hmm. to go, to go be consoled by cousin Greg and everybody. And yep. uh, yeah, that's kind of one reason that brought me here. Go ahead. Yeah. And they, and they uh, show us Roman Roy, the youngest of the Roy children. He is in his home in his expensive apartment or wherever uh, in his bathroom, brushing his teeth. And we learn in this scene that Roman Roy is a faucet slurper. Yep. He gets right under there. As you pointed out on Mastodon, they got one of those fancy people, like tall ones, like in very a very tall, like it's a ba- it's a rich person bathroom. It's got a very yeah. tall faucet. It's like a kitchen faucet, like where it's a big gooseneck, like gooseneck that goes up like a foot and a half and then turns over in a little uh, you know, J turn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got plenty, and plus he's a short person, so he's got plenty of room to get in there. I think he goes in twice. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a one shot, it was like two separate shots of him faucet slurping, and then everybody who had answered the poll or heard the podcast. Uh, saw it and <laughs> one you know, person said they came to Twitter just to see what we'd say about it. <laughs> that's right. It was on Twitter. Yeah. It was on uh, Mastodon because you're over there on Twitter holding down the fort. Hello. And people are on Mastodon. And yeah, so total Bader Meinhof phenomenon, which is under the Wikipedia page for frequency illusion. Which oh, wait, did you already see it? Out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You're, you're ahead of me. Yeah, it, yeah. Frequency illusion. Also known as Bader-Meinhof phenomenon or frequency bias, is a cognitive bias referring to the tendency to notice something more often after noticing it for the first time. Well, you could have probably phrase that better. 
Yeah, I'm not sure it's exactly the same because I'm noticing the first time it, it was brought to people's you attention by our program. You know, though, right? But Don't now people now people are going to note because and now th- here's here's the real question about that scene, right? Okay, what does the script say? Does the script say Roman Roy brushes his teeth and has a particular feeling internal? Has is feeling this emotion internally and brushes his teeth? Yeah. Does it say Does it say Roman gets a drink of water or does it say Rogan, Roman br- rinses his teeth after brushing? Right. Like like how specific is the script? How much of that is the actor bringing their own personal yes. habits or their own interpretation of what the character Roman Roy's personal habits would be like? I to- I totally agree. Sorry, you cut me mid drink. Um. Yeah, I totally agree. And actually, I I really enjoy interviews. He's he's a Kieran Culkin is a really interesting, thoughtful guy, and it's interesting to hear him last couple episodes, if you watch the part after the show's over where they interview them, you know, and he's talking about like how, you know, this has really affected him, this whole arc, you know, that he's found himself sort of dredging up some stuff that feels very real. Yeah, let's not spoil this for people. Okay. Um, so we've got Bader Meinhof, and I think in my head, I'm confusing, sometimes I confuse frequency illusion with availability heuristic. Because they're saying that seeing red cars all the time is a common real-life example. Like, I've always heard, like, oh, after you buy, you know, VW, like, you start noticing more VWs. The one, mm-hmm. the first example is I ever heard, probably in the 80s or 90s, of availability heuristic was people who are divorced tend to think more families get divorced. People who are from families of divorce. Have you ever heard stuff like that? Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. From the divorce discourse of our youth. The, the divorce discourse. Mm-hmm. Um... As you know, I stand against call-out culture, uh, but I, I do I do need to ask you a question because of something that you said. Do you remember a minute ago when you introduced that character and what he was doing? How did you introduce that character? Uh, the youngest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he the youngest or is Shiv the youngest? I found out a couple weeks ago he's not the youngest. And... He's just the shortest. <laughs> Sorry, I may, I may have some height bias going on there. You do, yeah. You should watch that, uh, what was it, a philosophy tube? There's a really good video on the on the, the minis versus the talls. Especially since there, there was the episode we've talked about before, the whole thing where Roman said he was like he had to go in the dog cage and his older siblings. And I thought it was all the older siblings making do it, but I guess it was just um, Ken and uh, and uh, Cameron. Yeah, Cameron. Right. What's his name? Okay. Uh, Alan Ruck as Connor. Connor. There we go. Thank you. I was going with Cameron. Let my Connor go. Yeah. Um, that shook me up. The whole family heard that and went, what? You're telling me, Siobhan, no spoilers here that I'm aware of, that Siobhan Roy is the youngest of the three. So like they're in sets, right? So Connor's from a previous marriage. And then, right? And then all three, like Kendall, uh, Shiv, and Roman are all from via Lady Caroline, correct? hmm Yeah. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me... My, that he's that Roman's not the youngest. He really feels like the youngest to me. He totally does because he's the most childlike. He's the most sort of like uh, uninhibited. Also, um, Shiv has a very middle child feeling in a lot of ways. Yes, she does, and she's she's uh, you know sharper, let's say, or more more emotionally intelligent, mostly except for her giant blind spots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, does that shake it up for you to know that? It does weird? a little bit. Yeah, Although it does, in, in that sense, though, it does kind of the, uh, again, no spoilers, but the end of this most recent episode kind of makes more sense in that context. You know what I mean? When she was getting to, left out of oh, something that the two are in on. Oh. oh, okay. But if she's the little, if she's the baby, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you know. Stay, I mean, I can stable. adjust. I wish I'd adjusted two seasons ago because I would have been thinking and like, you know, it's not a big deal. I think I'll be okay. But it really surprised <laughs> me to hear that. <laughs> on, on your seventh watch through of succession i'm sure it'll 
but I'll be better. You're so unkind to me. <laughs> have you ever seen the Have you ever seen the movie Master and Commander? What do you think? <laughs> How many times this week have you watched it? Be honest. I'm not. I, I actually haven't seen it in ages. I have seen it more than once, but I haven't yeah. seen it in ages. It's and pretty it's long. Making me want to want to rewatch it. And it, I know we have a, a subtopic on this buried down there that maybe we'll revisit. But I have to say, Master Commander is absolutely one of those movies that you watch and you have this feeling you have you have this feeling like that that uh that the movie is underappreciated right which is weird a weird thing to think especially if you're seeing it and like you haven't spoken to anyone about it you've read nothing about it you watch it and you're like yeah, like dude think about the classic you're just flipping through for, in our case for example movies we've bought which we have several hundred of or like wherever you're just flipping around somewhere and you go oh i haven't watched that in a while and you you pull it up and then you're like huh this is like the, this is what you're talking about, right? Where you're like, oh, this. Uh, is I'm saying the the very first time I watched it, uh-huh. I watched it for the very first time, and I said, "Why aren't more people talking about this movie? Why?" Because I watched it on a whim. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll watch this thing or whatever. I had heard nothing about it. No one had hyped it to me. It's kind of an unbelievable achievement in like three different ways. Yeah, and I, and I watched it for the very first time. I watched it. and I come out of it saying this movie's underappreciated, which I had really no basis, right, no for. context. For, no, no, I felt the same way. I was ready to pick a fight with with nobody with everybody mm-hmm. and be like why are, why are we talking about this movie more and i'd forgotten how it is i just saw something i talked about with roderick the other day obviously it's a, for people who would know the bit but like you know where it's very it's really long it's over three hours and it's kind of at least two and kind of almost three movies and i i forgot like how many places this movie goes and i forgot all the stuff with you know the guy who first sights the ship two points off the starboard bow you know the the jonah um but boy what a what a what a what a deeply satisfying movie mm. for for a certain audience and it's, it's also one of those movies that you <laughs> feel like you you kind of take possession of you're like this movie is for me and people like the like me and this is our secret special thing and you know other people don't appreciate it because you get, you get a chip on your shoulder about about the fact that you feel like the movie is underappreciated and it becomes kind of like oh i know i know secret special thing. no yeah 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 oh uh, fair 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 um, maybe we can make it a challenge for the show, but, uh, <clears throat> we don't have challenges. We don't. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash RD. When was the last time that you actually enjoyed some rest and relaxation outside? The good news is that the weather will be nice enough soon so that those early evenings sitting outside after a long day at work or in your home office are right around the corner. And our friends at Burrow are bringing their expertise in the living room outdoors with their new outdoor collection. Burrow's outdoor collection is built for everyday use and to withstand the elements. That was me doing an element. I think it was probably wind. With a strong, chip-resistant galvanized steel frame and easy-to-clean fabric, plus the modern, sleek look and quick-drying plush foam cushions bring the comfort and style of indoors outside. Mmm, that sounds yummy to sit in. And because Burrow knows that everyone has their own style and people want things to be just how they like them, you can choose from 19 different configurations. That's almost overwhelming. You, You can purchase individual pieces or you can get bundles, bundles to fit your seating needs and make sure it's just right for you. Uh, it says here, uh, which features of the Burrow Outdoor Collection appeal to me most? I think it's the outdoor part. Maybe I'm basic, but where I'm from, you're not supposed to put your furniture outside. That's that's considered not to be like a super classy thing to do. But here's the thing. 
if the furniture is made to be outside, then it ought to be outside and not inside, unless that's how you, you enjoy it. I don't think Burrow is going to police you on where you put your furnishings. Well, I think what they're saying is that if there are elements where you want your furnishings to be, you could have these uh, easy to clean fabrics and stuff, you know, outdoors. It sounds great to me. I don't have room for it. We'd have to put it like on the roof, like we lived in New York or something. No, thank you. Here's the thing. Uh, this stuff is designed to be super easy to assemble and store. I, I, I can speak to this. I, I put together my own couch myself and it's still, you know, holding together pretty well. Uh, they got easy to remove cushions. They make it uh, for easy storage when you need to put it away. And as always, get free shipping on every order, which can save you up to $100 on large items like outdoor furniture. Uh, reconcilable Differences listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash RD. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash RD. And you can get 10% off burrow.com slash RD. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. So what do we... Oh, man. We're gonna we don't do have this. challenges with a capital C, but we have plenty with a lowercase C. We have a lot of, um, you know, they're, they're, real, they're real sharp little guys. They do what they can. You know what I mean? Real special, real special guys, John and Merlin. Uh, Was that Rushmore? Were you doing Bill Murray and Rushmore? Uh, I think his was that he's a sharp, who is that? He's a sharp little guy. Something mm. like that. You remember what he says? It's one of the worst students we've got. Yeah. Logan, he's, Logan Roy. Logan Roy. And he does, I didn't realize he doesn't kind of in two syllables. He's one of the God. worst students we've got. Yeah. Chinese. So anyways, um, I, uh, so is this the show? Oh yeah. One, one more Ro- uh, Logan Please. Roy thing. In the maybe two or three episodes ago on Succession, Logan Roy is standing on a bunch of boxes, giving a <laughs> rousing speech to the, the news crew and this, whatever it was, uh, ATN or whatever the name of the, yeah, the fake yeah. network is. Um, and I know, I know secret Brits are everywhere. We all know they're, they're like scrolls basically for, for Americans. Uh, they're, they're, they're... <laughs> some of them are Morlocks and some of them are life model decoys, but there's definitely a lot of them living amongst us. Yeah. And, and I'm going to include secret, secret Kiwis. Secret... Oh, brother. They're just they're, well, they're look at anyway. Russell Crowe. We can't decide where he's from. Yeah, well, he's not that secret. But so anyway, uh, but Logan you know, Roy, you know, he was born in New Zealand but raised in Australia. Yeah. So Brian Cox plays Logan Roy, who is a, supposed to be an American character, born and raised in America. With he plays with an American accent on the show, right? But I feel like a couple of episodes ago, when he's giving that rousing speech, number one, his accent started slipping a little bit. Okay. And number two. He slipped into some Britishisms, which made me think he was ad-libbing. Oh, that's so interesting. He, he was talking about how he was going to, make, you know, take on the whatever, blah, 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 and he's going to do it with this group of people, right? But that's not what he said. What he said is, and I'm going to do it with, with this you lot. lot. Yeah, you right, lot. right, right. And I'm like, with you lot? No, I'm sorry. An American angry businessman does not say with you lot. And he certainly <laughs> doesn't pronounce it with you lot. <laughs> well, I know that, uh, or I know or I believe on evidence that when people... People, what's a good example? I don't know. Mel Gibson. When, when people get angry, they're actually yes, when people back. get when people get emotional or act emotional, like in a movie, like the see this. This is one of those things, like speaking through a translator, where I really struggle with how to say this in a way that's not just stupid. But but you know, you're not, are you born with an accent? Well, no. I mean, again, philosophy too would say, well, that's a relational characteristic. That's not an, an inherent characteristic. You're not born with an accent, you only have an accent, well, I guess mostly once you speak, 
or but also just in regard to other kinds of people you you know what i mean to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's kind of difficult to talk about but i've heard it said that like if people like you get somebody like Amel gibson or like sarah snook who can like speak in her whatever accent pleases her that day then when people get emotional they tend you, you tend to hear their native uh accent or language in how they speak have you heard that yeah, although I've also heard a lot of actors say in interviews that they do other accents so often in their roles, especially people who play Americans a lot, that it's messed up their quote-unquote normal accent. I believe that. And we've heard it from uh, from Mike Hurley on this very network, that his accent his has evolution? changed. His evolution? Wow, what a his, change. His, yeah, his accent he has changed. He used to sound like a boot black. Yeah, due to, due to frequent contact with Americans. And so now his... Default. I mean, it's happened to me. My my Long Island accent has been chiseled down over the years by contact with the rest of humanity. <laughs> what is it you said when you opened your Star Wars? What did you say? When Was I opened it? my Star Wars? Oh, yeah. You... I, I don't know. What did I say? X-Wing He's... fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and I opened a card for my grandma and I said, Cache. Cache. <laughs> I'm going to this cache in the wash I can afford to wash. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. Buck, buck. Uh, the one I enjoy a lot is I listen to uh, uh, Dithering with uh, Ben Thompson, who's from uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he says big instead of bag. Oh, like Ed, really? Ed, Ed, Ed Bagley Jr. Remember Ed Bagley Jr. and his, and his GMEV do. with lead acid batteries? Yeah, he, he well, stuck Ed with Bagley it. He was Jr. committed to the bit. Yeah, just Bagley. take off the Lee. Big. Uh, and, I, uh, and I hear it in lots of other programs now. Yeah, I mean, one of those things were like... Um, my so okay sorry this is oh never mind this is really way off topic but my kid i think i mentioned this to somebody recently we my kid just saw his first episode ever of family guy a couple weeks ago um which is not that big of a interesting factoid except that my kid has an incredible familiarity with family guy because of what let's all say it together youtube tiktok tiktok sorry. like there's a kind sorry, of get a hipper and I'm going to, boy, am I ever going to get in trouble for trying to explain anything. But there's these stupid videos where it's like, ah, it's somebody doing a speed run through Mario Kart. But there's also footage of Peter Griffin. But there's also, and it's like these weird, like, multi-things that I guess are people enjoy. I don't want to yuck on a yum. But but my kid's whole file card for uh, for Family Guy is basically Stewie Griffin saying, cool quip. <laughs> don't, don't, I Brian, mean, Brian, Brian, in the case of Family cool Guy, I think that's probably okay. Cool whip. Say it. I can't do the voice. Do it. Not do really the doing voice. It that well either. I'm doing it pretty damn well, considering that kid's English and living in Providence. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Quahog. But he, yeah, he's but he's a. Uh, that's the whole point. He's separate from them. He's cool not whip. one of them. Cool whip. Cool whip. <clears throat> you know, if if they if they ever get this thing sorted out, I'll, I'll be on TikTok the first day after it's not basically a munition. I just want to be clear. I'm not against the idea of, I mean, there's a lot about TikTok I'm sure I would like a lot. No way is that going to be on my device until they fix that stuff. That's all I'm saying about that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's on your kid's device and it's not like you're far from your kid that often. Have you, have you, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. That's my IP address almost. Mm-hmm. 1216811.106. That's me. A couple weeks ago, I guess we're going to start the show now. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with this? What is this? What even is this? What are we doing here? I, I, I think I was asking, I was saying to you, okay, we're going to talk about whatever steam is. And so far, my experience with steam, I don't know why we're talking about this, but, but we want to talk about steam and I wanted to, I wanted to get, okay, let, let's try to make this interesting. The Peter Gabriel <clears throat> song? Yes. 
Steam. That's on Sledgehammer Records on So, right? That's right. I think they made a video for that in the same vein as Big Time and Sledgehammer. Didn't they? Didn't Steam have a video like uh, that? To stop what's motion? the slow motion one? That's uh, Sledgehammer? Yeah, it's, uh, Sledgehammer and Big Time both had stop motion. So one where, a tr- where there's a train? That, that's what I'm saying. I think Steam had one too. I'm going to look. Steam? Huh. i look it up. John's such a quiet typer. Very dainty. Peter Gabriel Steam. Here we go. 11 years ago, this was uploaded to YouTube. Doesn't look at a day over nine. It is not. Oh, so it's got, I've got some bad computer effects going on where there's a person made of flame and a person made of liquid metal. Yeah, I feel like I remember that one being like silhouettes. Yeah, it's got, different... some, it's got some CG and it's got some yeah. live action people. What about it's the melting a... ice, John? Was that in, was that in Sledgehammer? Yeah, I think was, that was there, was there an ice man? Wasn't there an ice man cometh? Wasn't oh, there a know, Peter Steam, Gabriel Steam does have Steam does have his head. Uh, no, it's got it's got like liquid people, people made of water, like a Peter Gabriel made of water, made of flames. Mm, uh, elemental. It's got, yeah, it's not. It does have Peter Gabriel's head superimposed onto a train model. It's not quite the same as Big Time. And uh, I'm going to take this seriously because I am a professional, and I'm going to try to remember why I brought this up. I th- think it's because you know things about things. Right? Like, you know about things like Steam and what those things are. If memory serves, I had gone in one night and I was doing some kind of, I don't know, maintenance Wait a minute. From the, oh, really? I got to go to the email? Ugh. I hate this thing where you got to go to your Gmail to enter a code. Ugh. This is really, really. What are you trying is, to log into? Oh, the Steam. Steam. But like, it's you, so There's an iOS app that you can get um, that gives you the, the two-factor thing. It's two-factor-ish. It's like one and a quarter factor. Yeah, it, okay, like, it predates the popularity of two-factor. Uh, there is a dedicated Steam app that you can just launch and it will have the same timed code rotating okay. that you can just use. I don't have that, I, I don't think, on this particular one. The reason I, I let's, 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 let's be serious. Let's be gentlemen here. Um, I had discovered there was some stuff on Steam that I'd like to play. And my question at the time, sort of the dumb, really dumb guy question was, I was looking for oh, ways to hook up Steam with your PlayStation. Like, are there some PlayStation games you get through Steam? I think Steam, I had that Data Dad app at one point for a challenge. But is there anything I should know about Steam? <laughs> should I be using Steam? Octodad? Octodad app? Uh, or... Let me see what I purchased. Oh, look, it's my, one of my fake names. I'm an Octodad. Was there like a dating sim that Alex tried to get you to play or something? No, nah, it was just terrible. Let's see, purchases, view profile. Oh, my God, this is so ugly. Oh, jeez, you guys. Okay, um, install Steam, view profile, account details, log out. View profile? No, I don't think that's me. Profile's go li- private. Go to library. Boo, 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 boo. Is that, so I'm on Steam, store.steampower.com. And you don't have the app installed? Well, I don't, I can get it installed. Okay, it's all right, it's all right. All right, never mind. Doki, <laughs> Doki, Doki, Lit- Literature Club Plus. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, Counter-Strike. Global offensive. So I was, I was, I was, you know, just kind of messing around, and I was, oh, you know, it might have, might have been that I was adding things to a wish list somewhere, probably on my Sony account. But I, you know, I've been thinking like someday I want to play Red Dead, some Red Dead Redemption, and I want to play. Oh, you know what? Let me just open up all my accounts. This will be fun. Hey, John, while I'm doing that, will you please describe to our listeners what Steam is because they won't know. So Steam for the old people like Merlin who don't know this about this Hello. stuff, or, or for the non gamers, um, is one of the. <laughs> One of the first uh, sort of, I guess, the way to describe it for people familiar with modern stuff is app stores for games. Uh, so it was like a, a place where you could go in either a web browser or in a dedicated app where you'd see a bunch of games that you could buy. And if you purchase them there, you they would get independent, independent of a given device. Well, they would get added to your Steam library. 
which existed in the cloud, as they say, right? Uh, and then on any device, you could install the Steam application and decide which of the games in your Steam library you would, li- you would like to download to that device and play there. And, and, and by virtue of the fact that it's got their DRM on it that's w- working at the level of your computer, like it's able to keep their stuff secure, but you get access to your stuff like you would from any sort, like the, whether that's the like Stream Deck thing from Elgato or like stuff you've bought will like show up in different places. I don't know what the DRM situation is, but the, the main innovation, and this sounds tr- silly now, but the main innovation was, hey, you buy games, but they don't come in a cardboard box on a plastic disc. You buy them and mm-hmm. you get possession of them according to some record that we keep on our server somewhere. And that whatever computer you're on, you just log into Steam and then you have access to all your games and you could download which ones you want. You could install one on your computer and then play it and say, I don't want that game anymore. You'd uninstall it. You still own the game. It's still in your Steam library. The same way you can delete an app off your phone, but then re-download it from the app store. That model Steam did before almost anyone else did. And certainly they were the the, uh, pioneers in the gaming industry for this. Now I say gaming, what I mean is quote unquote PC gaming. It came out first for Windows right? and eventually expanded to the Mac. I think there's also a Linux variant now. Um, the Steam Deck, in fact, is a Linux device, but it plays Windows games. It's complicated. But anyway. I might want to come back to that because I, I want to learn what that, that thing is. That was the idea, right? Steam so, Deck is not Stream Deck. Those are different. different it's a different thing. Yes. Uh, there's one letter difference in there. It's an important letter. Um, and so that 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 model of buying games, quote unquote, digitally without having plastic discs and having a library of Steam games that you could then pick and choose which ones you wanted to download. And also eventually they added cloud syncing for all your settings and your progress. Like, oh, that's cool. Everything you would think of as a a thing that is just taken for granted as a modern fact of gaming life. Steam did first on the PC, eventually on the Mac. That must have been quite an effort to put together, I'm guessing. And uh because they did that first on the PC, they are, at one point, they were the majority, and they may still be, but either way, a huge part of the PC gaming market is Steam. They're, you know, it's, it's not like the App Store and the iPhone where it's the only game in town. The only way you can get, uh, you know, mass market apps on your phone is through the App Store, setting aside, you know, betas and test flight and all that other stuff and enterprise right. side loading. But, you know, so, like, there's plenty of other ways you can get games onto your PC. And, in fact, after Valve did Steam, Lots of other companies tried to do their own thing. EA had their own kind of Steam-like store and other, you know, because why Why would you want to go through Valve and Steam? And like the App Store, Valve takes a cut of everything they sell. Valve is a company that makes the app and service Steam. Yes, and they also make Half-Life, a game you may have heard of. They oh, make Portal. okay. Is right? that so the they, they started their life one? as a That's game company. Colton one, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. They started their life as a game company and they made this thing to help sell their games, but they made it as just a generic third party platform for games. And then their competitors tried to follow them uh, to varying degrees of success. But Steam is the big dog, right? Mm-hmm. They made a Mac version of Steam as well. And this may sound confusing, but you're like, well, wait a second. If they made the Mac version of Steam, you're going to, you know, load up Steam on your Mac, log in with your Steam account, and you'll see all these games that you bought in the past in your library, but you can't play any of them on your Mac, right? Because they're all Windows games, right? Right. Well, they did a thing where depending on, you know, it's kind of like when you buy something, can I run the same app on the iPad or on the iOS or whatever? They did a thing where some games, if you Ah. bought them on the PC, you can own them on the Mac, but other games you would have to buy the Mac version. Do you have to do a virtualization thing? No, there's no virtualization. So for example, if you bought a game uh, on Windows, and oh, there wow. is no Mac version of that game. You just can't play it on your Mac. You can see it there in your library, but you can't download it. You can't run it. There's no virtualization okay. or anything like that. But Valve also, with the rollout of Steam on the Mac, 
ported a bunch of their games to the Mac, like native well, ports exciting. to the Mac. Okay. Right. And then, of course, there's the Linux angle where, uh, you know, Valve does not own an operating system and they don't really like dealing with Windows that much because, of course, Microsoft has its own Microsoft game story, which is like Steam, <laughs> right? They but, came the, later. But, but similarly came after Steam? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. And so there's a little bit of tension there. And so the Steam sure. Deck that you were thinking of is a handheld thing. It looks like a gigantic Nintendo Switch. You know, it's a handheld. It's not, it, you can't hook it up to it. Oh, but, you but it's a game playing it. device? Yes, it is a handheld oh, gaming device. I thought device. it was more like a set-top box. I see. No, it's like you hold it in your hands with a big, uh, like bigger than a Nintendo Switch screen in the middle. And on the sides are joysticks and buttons, you know, like whatever. It looks like a big Nintendo Switch. But what it is, is a tiny little Linux PC. Oh, and wow. And this uses a translation layer to play Windows games on Linux. So you go to the Steam Deck, which runs Linux. And so, you know, Valve sells the Steam Deck. It's a hardware device sold by Valve with the operating system that Valve makes based on Linux. And you load that up and you see your Steam library and you can run and play <laughs> most Windows games on this Linux handheld because they use a translation layer that translates from the window gaming APIs to Linux and so on and so forth. I, I, I missed a little bit of a step there. When you say Linux, you mean, but I mean, does that mean it can play on the BSD-ish stuff underneath a Mac or does it have to be actually Linux per se? No, no. This is this the Steam Deck has a nothing like to do operating with, system. Has nothing to do with that. Now you now the the layer that it uses to play Windows games on Linux is called Wine W I N E. It's like Windows something whatever. Anyway, um, Wine uh, can be used to run Windows games on the Mac. Some quote unquote Mac ports actually use the Wine layer, but as far as I know, uh, the the Steam Deck operating system Linux thing with the game playing is not not directly runnable on the Mac. I suppose you could run like a virtual machine maybe and get it running in there, but it would be a little bit of a mess. It's complicated. But, you know, right. th I mean, Valve is in a weird situation because they don't have an operating system platform. Like they don't... Well, also like to go back to the thing y'all frequently use to explain things in a way I can understand on ATP is talking about the size of the pie. Like, right, you're, you start out with this giant pie of like pe people who are theoretically interested in video games and then get all the way down to like you know, how does this person play this particular game on this particular platform? But I'm guessing a huge amount of that pie of people who are in this are people on Steam playing it on a PC. Yeah. I mean, part of it, Steam is it makes it easier to play PC games. When it, with the old way of playing PC mm -hmm. games was you'd go get the, the thing in the box with a plastic disc and then you try to install it and the game would want to install and it would be like, oh, we can't install or run correctly until you update your video drivers. Oh, so it's almost like Docker display. in that sense. And this, well, I mean, just just in the sense of like, hey, here's your game, but here's here's all the other things that you need to support the playing of that game. Yeah, it's it's more kind of like the difference between the App Store and how uh, installing Mac uh, applications is and was, where you'd have like a mm -hmm. Mac installer versus the App Store. The App sure. Store, you knew you could hit one button to install it, and that was it, and you could hit one button to uninstall it. Yeah, ditto it. with set app, but I, yeah, I right. see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, just really simple. And also you had some confidence that when you ran a game with Steam, like that any of those details that it needed to take care of, like would be taken care of or it would warn you about or whatever. Like you didn't have to do this. I remember in the battle days of PC gaming, you'd get some new game and you'd have to fiddle with your computer until that game ran right. And basically, if you wanted to <laughs> play another, Windows, maybe <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to play another game, it'd be like, oh, but I just got everything set up for game X. 
And now if I try to install and play game Y, it's going to want a different because stuff. Because if you're and trying you to like, really trick out certain things where you're really super utilizing some particular card or GPU, like that may not serve all of those games equally well, or right? The, or the second game would crash. Like you'd get it set up so game one runs great and game two would crash unless you change some setting. It was just such a pain. And like yeah, Steam yeah. was kind of like the app store in that, you know, in that regard. And it was just, obviously it came before the app store. It was like, look, we'll just take care of all that. We If we qualify a game to run on Steam, we qualify it to run on any system that Steam runs on. Uh, to some acceptable degree obviously it's not perfect people have different video cards and different you know pc setups so it's not like it's going to smooth everything over like a console but it was a big step up for pc gaming Mm -hmm. that's why it got so popular because it just made it really convenient and easier to buy and install if you make it easy to for someone to buy and install stuff that is a good motivator for purchases so it worked out really well for valve very quickly they went from the company that made portal and half-life and stuff to be the Steam company, and that's where they make all their money now. Which is why they haven't had to make a new game in ages. I mean, they made Alex the uh, Half-Life thing for VR or whatever, but they went many, many years without making or releasing any significant games because Steam is a big moneymaker. Hmm. And to answer your question about can I use Steam on my console? No. <laughs> it's like saying, can I use the, the apps, the iOS app store on right. my PlayStation? I bought, no. I bought Photoshop on a PC. Why can't it was work on my Mac? Yeah, that was like, there's no way the console makers, the console makers have their own Steam-like online stores that are specific to their console. I've there's got the that tab store. open too. Yeah. yeah. yeah and when, you know, the Windows store, the Xbox store, you know, like it's not, Steam is not allowed into those kingdoms. Well, it sounds like this could be a short one. I don't have that much. I think I need to learn. As you can see, I sent you a screen grab. I did quit the app because we started getting robot voice, so I imagine it's grinding on something. I recently uh, upgraded my kid from a pretty old, really old MacBook Pro. But the one that was, just so you know, the one that was, like, replaced by the 2015, like, real old. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, when he plays Sims on it, it's just, like, you can hear Yeah, well, I mean, the, you can really hear the fans and the bottom of it gets really hot. So I, I upgraded, and I thought he could really benefit from it. And so far, he really has. Um, with a MacBook Air I bought about a year ago or whenever those, the latest MacBook Airs uh-huh. came out, probably less than that. But anyway, it wasn't very costly, but he's very happy with that. But um, my point saying that was that, yeah, I sent you a screen grab. And so the second, it looks like I, I did at some point probably during the time I added this to our document, I wanted to look into Marvel Snap because I'd heard about Marvel Snap. But mm-hmm. other than that, the only game I have is Dream Daddy, colon, a dad dating simulator, which I had to do for a challenge for yeah, Dubai yep. Friday. I remember it. Yeah, the other the other interesting thing about Steam is uh, another innovation they sort of pioneered is the downloads on Steam when you're downloading a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they implemented a peer-to-peer download system. So rather oh, than you smart. Just, rather than you just downloading from, you know, a CDN or something, uh, is like it instead on, of a CDN or in addition? Is it seeding it intelligently from a CDN? I'm sure it then, is seeding it intelligently from, yeah. from a CDN, but like the, the whole point was like on the day some game is released on Steam, everyone goes to it's download like it. It's like downloading Britney Spears in 2000. Exactly. And so if you want an application to test your internet connection, download a popular game on release day from Steam because you will see it will fill your pipe, as they say. Mm. <laughs> okay. It's impressive and it's smart. And again, that was also copied by other people who made their own Steam-like stores. They also did peer-to-peer because especially with games getting bigger and bandwidth costs a lot, it's, it makes much more sense for these people to say, hey, download it from your peers. Don't just suck it all from our CDN because we get charged for that. Maybe I'm weird, but that doesn't bother me at all. Whereas Comcast, theoretically, sharing some of my bandwidth to have like, you know, hotspots 
bugs yeah, me. What do they we, call we, sidewalk, we told, sidewalk mode? Is that what it yeah, was We were told now? by the Xfinity uh, people in the know that that bandwidth that is shared is a separate carve-out that you aren't going to get access to anyway. Mm, that's what I'd say if I work for Xfinity. Yeah, well, I mean, not that it matters. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Xfinity and their ridiculous upload speeds, the thing about peer-to-peer <laughs> is you you get in proportion to what you, you know, give put out, right? So Man, like a torrent, if you have right? a crappy upload, you're uh-huh. not going to get the maximum data rates because you're not contributing to everybody else. You see what else. this is doing to me, Xfinity? You see what this is doing to my Wuffy in the gaming community? Mm-hmm. What a way to live. So yeah. it's really, it looks like Steam, as, as we sit here today, not a thing I need to look at a, a, a whole lot. Yeah, so all this that I was describing happened long ago. And as we all know, the Mac dropped support for 32-bit uh, CPUs a while back, right? Mm-hmm. And all of those games that I said, oh, you know, Valve ported them to the Mac. And oh, uh, there was Tears Macros, they, were, they were all 32-bit. Yee. And very, very, very few of them revisited and said, you know what, we're going to redo that and, and update it for 64-bit. So there was a time when the Mac, not Windows running on a Mac, but literally Mac OS and Steam had a handful of games for it. Uh, right. available that you could buy and play I, you know what i gotta say i think i understand that from a business standpoint like it doesn't make sense to throw good money after bad like you know yeah. and I, i'm not i don't mean to sound glib about money people have spent but you know you are not no matter how much you love your like ceramic apple watch you bought a mill or whatever you know like one of those marco watches people bought which has retained approximately zero of its value probably but like no matter how much you love that form factor like, they can't help you the guts are the guts there's nothing we can do about that and underscore david smith is not going to upset his entire development pipeline to support the six people that have that you know what i mean like i don't think that's awful that yeah. they did and that. that was the complaint for linux users too they would be like oh you know steam is available on linux but we can't play any of the games but if you've got, you if you got an old mac you could still do it presumably right old mac old operating yes. system well i mean yes I mean, if you had an old mac old 32-bit mac you could still play the old 32-bit games from steam on them and i you know so my mm. steam library i i shudder to, to look at how many games are in my steam library because there's this thing one more sort of cultural artifact of steam is there are steam sales where <laughs> Large, yeah, large swaths of games will go on sale on Steam. These are games that have been out for many, many years. Not many people are buying it. Suddenly, a game that used to cost, you know, $49 is on sale for $2. And during Steam sales, people would go in and say, oh, you know, I didn't play that game five years ago, but it's 2 bucks now. Let me just get it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so there's this phenomenon where people have Steam libraries filled with just huge amounts of games that they have not played just because they they haven't been playing a while doesn't mean they're not like four gigs right well they're not actually they're in your library but they're not downloaded on your computer oh i see you know what i mean there's like an alias it's it's, yeah it's a cloud if they're in you it just knows that you own them the same way if you don't have an app installed but you but the app store knows that you purchased it you know what i mean same Mm -hmm. deal so if i was to let me look now let me launch, <laughs> let me launch Steam, which I'm sure we'll have to run an update. I sent John a screen grab of the two apps that I have, the two games you have in Steam, the so two games course. that I have. So I have, I haven't. <laughs> every time I haven't run Steam in so long that, of course, when I launch it, has to run the updater. So it's doing that now. Mm. Updating but it's, Steam, but it's, but it's faster than downloading the rest of Spider Man. Probably. Now it's installing the update. Yes, everything takes a long time. But anyway, I have. We should be able to just log into your account and see, right? Yeah, I do wonder if that would take longer, though. <laughs> oh, I don't have my my two-factor. Maybe I'll... Anyway, I oh, have... you got to go to your email to get that. That's safe. Yeah, no, because I don't have my phone mm-hmm. in here with me right now. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I have dozens and dozens of 
<laughs> of Steam games. Because, because you were sometimes games... a $2 Johnny. You're a $2 Johnny. Like, you because jump when in... there's sales, yeah, you just go through it. And so, there's also bundles where you can be like, buy this bundle of 10 games for $5. All right. I mean, be just on the off chance you're ever going to play one. Some of these are Windows games. I mean, it's not, it's not like spices that expire. You know, exactly. I mean, you got them and now they're yours. Oh, no, I can't. Let's see. Can I sign in? Is it going to let me? Hmm. Oh, John, I'm sorry I'm putting you through this. Just start guessing. What is it, six digits? Just start guessing. Five, five digits. Five digits in letters, right? Just start guessing. Uh, You'll get it. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I want that to be my ringtone. No, I can't do it. I don't want to. It says the only option is help. I it's no okay. longer have access to my Steam mobile, but I do have access to my Steam mobile app. It's just not in this room. Anyway, I can't watch it. Yeah. I can't log in. Tell Mark for next time. Yeah. Well, no, but I know. I, I know I have, about I have Steam. a lot of Steam. I believe it. What's uh, off the dome? What's your favorite game from 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 via Steam? What's the one you played the most, loved the most? Uh, let's see. What Windows games? Most of the games that I'd be playing, I would have been playing on my old Intel Mac Pro, running in Windows. Your ten-year-old cheese grater. Yeah, right. Because that was the, I dual booted that into Windows a lot, and I would play games in Steam. Hmm. I don't know. It's hard for me. Is it to Dream re- Daddy, John? No, it was not Dream Daddy. I mean, I did mm. obviously play Portal and Portal 2 there, and those are favorites. So I played those on Steam, on in Windows, on my on my old Mac. Those perform pretty well, okay, good on your Mac? Uh, I was running them in Windows, remember? Virtualized. No, real window. I boot my Mac into Windows. Oh, sorry. Uh, you know, when I first learned about there was two ways of doing it. You had the one way and the other way. And you're talking about the one that's actually full on, like an, a real installation of... You know what? Yep, I don't want to talk about this anymore. A real live installation of Windows booting. It, Windows boots the computer. It is just we're, like we're now a not only so far out of my expertise, we're also deeply out of my interest. And so there's really not much to be gained by me risking showing you how little I know about any of what we're talking about. There's very little for me to be gained at this point. But but anyway, I would say Portal and Portal Two. Those are good Portal. Ones. Mm-hmm. Now is that is that is that the Jonathan Colton one? Is that the one with the cake? Yeah, Jonathan Colton. Uh, he did songs for both of them, I think. Hmm. Yeah, he did. His town, a little guy, mm-hmm. one of the worst students we've got. Uh, oh, God, I'm tired. I'm starting to think I might need two naps a day plus sleep. <laughs> Is this sustainable? Be honest. I mean, maybe with your lifestyle. Yeah, with my lifestyle. Off. Yes. Yes. Ugh, I was watching something the other day. I was, I don't know why. I mean, I like Kira Knightley fine. She's on this uh, Boston Strangler show on like Hulu. And it's it is very it's very beautiful, very muted, good good clothes and stuff. But what is the name of the show? I think it's called might be called the Boston Strangler. I was going to say, is it called Strangler? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You live near there. You can go look it up. I've, I've never heard of the show, but I'll take your word for it. Oh no, me neither. I was just on Hulu. I've, I've basically run out of TV. I've run out of what? TV. Yeah, I, I have totally. Such run a out backlog. Of TV. Well, uh, that's almost like we're different people. And I, uh, I'm just at this point, I'm pissing on a spark plug. So I pull this thing up. I look at oh, it's going to be fine. And it's, oh, it's about a woman. And she works for some paper in Boston. And she has family. And like, she's stuck on the, what in my time was still called the women's page. Like there used to be a section of the newspaper called the women's page or the, the woman's page. And that was where you'd find things out about like social stuff and garden parties. I'm not saying this to make you sad people. I'm using the words that we used. And this is what the whole point of this anecdote. And she's, but she's a good reporter and she could be out there doing a thing and reporting on this Boston Strangler incident and everything. But no, she's stuck over here. And do you know, in 1962, do you know what they called the section of the paper she worked at? Lifestyle. The section. Yeah. Okay. 
And you're saying that didn't exist in 1962? John, do you think they used the word lifestyle in I mean, 1962? I don't know. I don't know about 1962 but newspapers. Think about do you? you? Oh, let's try it again. Do you think people used the word lifestyle in 1972? I mean, I bet they did about mm. a certain thing. All right, I'm going to look it up now. Now I'm mad. I like Kira Knightley. <laughs> I mean, I think you're going to get mad about the typeface. <laughs> oh, 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 boy, Brad Bird. Lifestyle uh, word. <laughs> Lifestyle. Uh, what are they saying? Now, I could be dead wrong. I just, I, it would have been a better joke and it would have been a better bit if they just called it what it was, which is usually called, and then that changed over time. Like, so we always had in our paper, in the St. Petersburg Times, since you asked, we had the A section, which was generally like the biggest stories and international stories. B section. B section was more like state and local stories. C sports and then d was the other section what we just mostly called the d section and it mm-hmm. was different things on different days like you know, some days it was you know uh, dr steve rule you know like for your health other days it was your money it deals like that kind of stuff but i'm pretty sure they used to call that the women's page i'm gonna feel like such a bad person if this isn't true woman's page but like you know anyway it made me mad is all w- woman's the women's page sometimes women's called, page was page sex right Yes, that, well, there was uh, one woman to two bosoms often. Mm-hmm. Talking about the post. I think today's the, or this week anyway, is the anniversary of the, uh, what was it? What's the line? The, the great headline? Uh, headless body in topless bar. Yeah, Gruber was posting about that. Yeah. Yes, he was. He was. Hey, hey, have you tried that? Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. This is a very, dis- guys, this is, this episode's all over the place. I had soup for dinner and I'm a little confused. Um, but have you tried that uh, YouTube queuing app yet i just got that play or whatever it's called i saw it and i was about to download and try it but i was like you know what is this a need i have in my life do i have a queue of youtube and i think i I do yeah well again different people i i I so do and i get tired of having to hunt for the like place where save or add to and it keeps trying to add it to another list instead of my watch later there was that yeah so i don't i do add but i only add to favorites mostly i used watch later on youtube for a while but then i just kind of fell off so now i only add to favorites the main thing i use to find things again is if i just start playing them they'll be in my history and if i care enough about them when i launch oh, youtube I totally I'm... i'll do that sometimes there should be a name for that like um where i'll just start it just to know that it's in there mm-hmm. women's page sometimes called home page or women's section of a newspaper home was a... page home page hmm. yard sale sometimes called home page <laughs> that was my buzz light year did you like that mm-hmm. weird again yard sale good yeah uh was a section devoted to covering news assumed to be of interest to women women's pages started out in the 19th century as society pages and eventually morphed into feature sections (laughs) deals your money for your health anyways one year maybe two years we stayed at a uh a rental an airbnb ish house that was rented by my wonderful late mother-in-law can't decide if this is creepy. I don't think it is. I know we stayed there at least one year and possibly two years. It was this beautiful house in, I don't know, Warren or Providence or somewhere um, around there. And because, um, you, know, the, the, you know, you know how Rhode Island and Massachusetts are all mobbed up? It's really confusing. They don't really have like a normal border. They have like a New England border. Mm-hmm. It's really confusing. I mean, it's, it's basically like trying to get through the Galapagos. <laughs> like Paul Bettany. <laughs> he says he'll walk and meet him on the other side. Um, long story short, 
uh, beautiful, beautiful house. Uh, very, just everything in it was very lovely. Kind of hard to miss how how gorgeous and like beautifully finished, as in finished as in like your finished room. Like all the like the wainscoting, the handle mm-hmm. like to on the banister to go down to. Have I told you the story? I've heard about I've heard about the the rental and the finishes. We noticed in like a lot of those Airbnb ish things, there's like locked areas, locked stuff. But what we were able to glean pretty quickly it was that this guy's a professional. I don't know the name of this title. I want to say a shipsmith, but like a person who designs and builds sailing vessels. A shipwright. Shipwright. That might be it. Yeah, he um. He had worked on a couple Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and I'm pretty sure he had worked on Master and Commander. And it was this beautiful house on the water in generic New England where we stayed. And uh, I just thought I'd mention that. that. That's my flex. My flex is, even before I'd become such an ardent fan of Master and Commander, I'd been, I'd been in the boatsman's house. What, what did he do for the... Did, I mean, I guess there were sets made to look like boats. Oh, John. Like, there oh, was no actual John. boats in that movie, right? What... You tell me you think that was FF, LVFX? I mean, whenever, whenever they're just on the deck, I'm assuming that's a soundstage. Well, I think parts of it, I mean, of course, after watching that, then I instantly started watching Dust Boot because that's how my brain works. That has a lot of, like, fairly for, you know, 1981 even had some pretty hokey shots in it. Still an amazing movie. That's a Casey movie. You guys should do Dust Boot. You guys, uh, Casey loves submarines. <laughs> that's not, we're not at the, we're not at the Dust Boot. Come on. <laughs> We just we just barely survived Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think Marco likes things. Um, but I was just excited because you know that was that guy's house. You should watch um you should watch it for the program. Maybe we could do a special episode on it. What Master you Commander? Know? Yeah, yeah. From the other uh, the other totally the other side of the world or whatever it's called. I'll yeah, exactly what it's that. called. Yeah, so it's called it's called uh, Sail Die Repeat. Sail Die Repeat. That's starring Tom Cruise. And mm-hmm. that's got an Emily in it, isn't it? Is that Emily Blunt? Mm-hmm. And she's English, right? She's married to Jim from The Office. That's I what they say, but... Think about that and it boggles my mind. Is she a quiet place? She is. With is her she husband. also... Huh. Is she, um... Is she... Well, who's, who's uh, Booksmart? Is that her? Booksmart is... Booksmart. The, the, the lead character in Booksmart? No, is that directed by her as well? Um, uh, no. Booksmart What director... about the one where Harry Styles spit on somebody? That's her, right? I don't think I know who Harry Styles is. I know I've seen things mm. with him in it, but I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Never go out of style. Never go out of style. Oh, Harry Styles was the stupid uh, husband in uh, Don't yeah. Worry, Darling. Right? right. But I still, I cannot picture his face. It but just that's slides not off my brain. All right. I understand. Uh, you know, he's very good in Dunkirk, which is another very loud movie. I'm going to write it down. Also, there have been, there have been rumblings from, from various factions that, that people are ready for... Some kind of uh, another meeting of of you and John Roderick. Are you aware of this? Is sure. There rumblings. I have not heard rumblings, but sure, I, I'll, I'll buy that. Would you that. consider that? Yeah, well, we do have to come up with a special episode. You realize? Maybe we could do a hostage trade. I think that's what it's called in the industry. A drop, a drop, drop pod, where we could like you know poop in each other's feeds. No, you're you're well established that you don't like that. Uh, well, you know, I got to change with the industry. No, you, you know don't. What I'm saying. Well, then I'm going to feel bad that I got this abdomen tattoo that says thug life. <laughs> what industry is that you're changing with to do that? Tupac's dead, man. Director of, of Booksmart is Olivia Wilde. Then which one am I thinking of? Emily Blunt? Are they different people? Emily Blunt is not Olivia Wilde. They are two are you sure? different people. I'm going to write have... down Olivia, and I'm going to do a squiggly equal sign that says approximately equal to Emily 
but I'm going to say less than or equal to Kira Knightley. Okay. Um, because people want to hear you guys talk to each other about Honda Accords in particular. No, we, no, nobody does. You just mentioned that in a show. People don't want to hear it. Oh, I did that. Yeah. Okay. Catching up with Merlin. What's going on with Merlin? So here's the thing. You, you know this because we talked about my podcast listening habits in the past. And I think I'm pretty well establishing at this point that without a commute to and from a, a regular job in an office, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's vastly overestimating my podcast listening budget. So like you haven't, yeah, exactly. Like, like you've talked before about how you have something like a video game budget where you figure out how much time you'll have in a given like what quarter or whatever to like be able to play a game through and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's like just part of the larger, it's not, which sounds insane, except that it's totally not. And that's the way you should all be conducting your lives, you monsters, is thinking about how you want to fill that pie uh, with the time pie. Which yeah, is, and... and- and podcasts for me French in particular. Terrible French fiction movie. <laughs> I, time I, I use podcasts to fill the time when I'm doing something that doesn't require my hearing, like washing dishes, driving or, you dishes. Know, or, you know, I know you've got iPad shows where you like yeah, to watch them on an I iPad do, if they're not true. good. Yeah, that's um, a very but, Elliot but, Kalen movie. But importantly, yeah. I find that I am not particularly able to listen to podcasts at a time when my eyes are available for something else. Because if my eyes and my ears are both available, it's TV, TV or movies. So I have to do a thing where my and, eyes like, are... And, but you're also, I feel like, if I'm guessing here, but I feel like you're, it sounds like you're realizing something that would be very non-obvious, classic Merlin, right? So obvious, but not obvious, which is like when you had a jobby job and drove around or when you had more errands to t- take your kid to track or whatever, right? All those different things that would require you to be in a car and go places. I bet, were you aware at the time of how well it mostly comported with the passage of time? So that like, Maybe you hadn't heard an episode of a given show you like the day it came out, but you certainly would have heard that episode, importantly, before the next one came out, correct? Yeah, and, and I, I built Sounds subtle, my... but I think that's a big point. Once you feel like you're... It's like with New Yorker magazines. Like, why am I spending mm-hmm. hundreds of dollars a year for this thing that's just now become a pile that makes me feel bad? And I, I built my podcast subscription portfolio, such as it is, Mm-hmm. to fit into the essentially the amount of driving I did and the amount of time I had to do sure. things, the amount of dishwashing, the amount of so on and so forth. Um, so now, without my commute, it really has taken out a large part of time. And I have reduced shows, reduced my subscription portfolio since then, but apparently not enough. Because what I found yeah, is that right. with my current already pared down subscription thing, I'm always falling behind on one show or another. And then... What happens is I have to catch up on the show that I've fallen behind on, and then I fall behind on the other. So right now, this is relevant to catching up on Merlin. Right now, I am catching up on the Flophouse and falling behind on Dubai Friday. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help that Dubai Friday episodes have been getting longer. Someone needs to chart that. <laughs> Plus, I'm mm-hmm. on the Patreon thing, so I've got the extra, extra episodes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And it's 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 a lot of content. Okay. Um, so, but I am catching up on the Flophouse. Uh, they've got a live show coming up that uh, a live live show that they've already performed, uh, but that they're selling like the stream to. So oh wait, that's that. a banger, right? What it's um, what's the movie? It's um, something uh, big. Is it Battleship? Oh my god, <laughs> John, that that movie's not very good. Uh, and and they, so they did that live, and apparently they recorded it on video in a very professional way. I'm sure. Um, and that <laughs> they released a stream of that, so I'm going to see that in a second. But anyway, Sorry, I'm damn. catching up on the Flop House, falling behind Dubai Friday. Okay, and what that's I fine. realized is that. I learned a lot about what's going on with you from that program, partly because there's so much of it, like it's long or whatever, and hmm. partly because I tend not to hear about things from you 
in other ways because you know we always save it for the show because we've got to right and i'm not i'm not quite as not enthusiastic i'm not quite as voluminous of a participant in things like slacks as a lot of my dear friends mm-hmm. so also you don't invite me to a lot of them which is fine that's not you're in all of them already sometimes i forget you're even why am there. i not in the at why am i not in the atp one you what do you mean you are on that one the, oh no i want to be on the official atp slack i don't want to there read is no it. official atp slack we just use the relay one Oh, oh, you're, okay. You're on the relay one. Oh, I, I do that. Yeah. Well, that's you're cool. Not, you're never actually on there, which is the problem. <laughs> well, it, can I just say in passing that I didn't realize I was on there? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know you're on there. See, this, this is what happened with, with, this is the same thing that happened with the non-existence of Casey's non-beta that you probably don't, you aren't caught up to this yet. But Alex has been causing a lot of problems with a lot of my friends, including Casey. Trying, trying to make it seem like I, I was uh, 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 big-timing him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks for inviting me. I'll, I'll, I'm going to get in there. I'll have a lot of stuff to share. I want you guys to like, I uh, want you to get uh, a sign up for like some, uh, some good causes, my fun run, uh-huh, help uh-huh. my kids sell chocolate turtles, all that kind of stuff. I know what you mean though. I, 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 I fell behind some, because you guys have a pretty long show too that I really I enjoy and I, I look forward to, but I do, I'm, I'm projecting when I say that about you, because I do feel like if I've missed an episode, I have the slightest bit of resistance about getting caught up. Not that I, Obviously, I like the show. That's why I'm there. And that's why I pay pay you my money. I like love you guys, but like, you know what I'm feeling? You know what I mean? Though, like that feeling of like, oh, see, I'm a little bit down in the count now, and now, uh, and that is how I learn a lot about your best stuff. Well, and plus, ATP is you know kind of a little bit current events type thing. But uh, do by Friday, and I would say this program are less about much less about current events and much more about what's going on in your life and your in your life and Alex's life, right? Yes, um, yes, and in mine on this show. And so I feel like I have this. And this deficit in what's going on with you. The other thing is that you like, like kind of like me, like I talk about random life stuff on this show and much less so on ATP and even more or less so on robot or not, or the incomparable, whatever other things I'm doing. Right. So this is my, my quote unquote feelings podcast where I just talk about like my life or everything that doesn't fit into one of my other podcasts lands here. So if you wanted to know what's going on in my life, this would <laughs> we're be, the, we're the last screen. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like if it were a what? Catch all. Yeah, catch sure. all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because the, uh-huh. the other shows have more, more narrow. But like for like municipal sewage. Yeah. The like other shows the, have more narrow topics. Yeah. And I feel like do by Friday. The big chunks were captured a long time ago. The well, sediment so, that's left over will, will eventually arrive here. So do by Friday, I feel like is that show for you, even though you do a very similar thing here in particular, I feel like you and Alex for a variety of, of uh, understandable reasons, talk much more about your mental health on mm-hmm. that show than you do on this show. And, you know, that there, there are peaks and valleys there and we hear about things and also like life developments, right? I, mm-hmm. I At this point, I kind of feel like if you had gotten a pet dog, if I was behind in Dubai Friday, I wouldn't know it. Like that you right. wouldn't tell me on this show and I'd have to listen to Dubai Friday to find out, hey, we finally got a well, pet dog. Well, that's not very nice of me. I consider you a friend. I should have told you about the dog we don't have. I know, that's what I'm saying. But that's, that's why I don't know. So I, this what this topic means is I'm behind in Dubai Friday. I will eventually catch up way too late, but I thought oh, it would I be am. fun for you to try to catch me up on you. <gasps> okay. So I, wow, go, that's a big go behind order. like a month and a half, two months, maybe you know five okay. to eight episodes of Dubai Friday, with five to eight after shows. This I is would gonna be like so much to, easier once I have AI for everything. Yeah, to summarize your life uh, in the yes. past few months, tell me like 
are you still married? Are you still living in San Francisco? Do you have a pet dog? Sure. Have you had a, a new child? Um, mm, yeah, have you right. gotten a new job? Right. Did you fall off your bicycle and knock out all your front teeth? Like mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. like this that I wouldn't know unless I listen to do by Friday because you don't say them anywhere. It's not like you're talking about your life on your blog. You don't say anything about your life on Twitter. You don't right. tell me about anything unless I yes. So catch me. You drag it out of me because that, that's that. I need this. I need this. Yeah, I need a mm-hmm. voir you know, to uh, to to drag it out. Gosh, I that's um. I wish I had more time to think about it, but maybe maybe it's better that I don't. Do you have a new skin disease? Are you taking any new medications? Did you stop new taking some medications? What is it Donna says to Crazy Craig on Parks and Recreation? Uh, yeah, is there is there a medication that you're supposed to be taking that you're taking none of or that you should be taking a lot less mm-hmm. of? Oh, I have a condition. It's called caring too much. That's a funny I mean, I show. heard about the cold bidet, but other than that, I'm in the dark here. Cold bidet. Cold bidet CPAP. CPAP. <laughs> that's, that's your rap name. <laughs> cold bidet. Lil CPAP and cold bidet. Have you been watching Dave, the TV yeah, show? Speak, you like speaking of the CPAP, the CPAP is another example. You talk all about the CPAP on Dubai Friday, but like very little about it here. I contain multitudes. Well, because if I talk about it, then you've watched Law and Order. You know, I open, I open the door, mm-hmm. you know, and then the judge will allow it, but he's going to tell them to watch their step. But nevertheless, now we're talking about my CPAP. CPAP. Mm-hmm. Do I sound like Louis Armstrong a little bit when I say that? Have we already gone this? Your sleep app, CPAP, sleep app. What if what if I do the Boise, voice Boise, with bop, that? Help? Bop. Yeah. Oh, oh CPAP. I see CPAP streams. But that's not Big that's not new in the last uh, one to two months. So what no, is happening? I'm trying to think what of like a, now. Now the difficult part is in sorting through that. I have to take all the things I'm constantly obsessing about and figure out which ones of those you already know enough about. Yeah, you know, you, trying to these fix- are things that you might have gone through and they're already like, they're already well, how do you want to pre- Let me ask you this. How do you want to proceed? I could self-report. I think in some ways it would be more interesting for you to treat this like the Inquisition that it is. And and you you come to me and you say like, okay, this area of life, like an eye test. I, w- I want you to try to self-report first. Give me, give me a paragraph. Okay. Uh, one of the, so, so there are great forces in my life with which I am constantly battling and and, and <laughs> the dictionary defines struggle as <laughs> this is the non-voting American. Yeah, I'm spineless. <laughs> in short, Merlin is land of contrast. Go on. <laughs> A very rare Mary Worth. Um <sighs> the things with which I struggle. Uh, cause it's hilarious how life takes it out of you. Uh, you know, things like, like energy, uh, I'm always working with my energy and trying to get that right. You know, like uh, a thing I've, I've said a lot and I'm kind of surprised you haven't corrected me more. Maybe you have to do it in your presence. The life is an engineering problem. It's hard to change one aspect about anything cause everything affects everything, you know? So like just even the dumb stuff, I know this is boring, but you ask and we're pals. Uh, so I'm always kind of, um, I always feel like I'm a little bit on my back, back on my heels about stuff like energy health, vitality, um, and <sighs> there's all that physical stuff. There's a lot of thought technologies that have become really big that I wouldn't mind sharing with you, except you might find it excruciating, but it might be good for me. Um, there's those kinds of things. My kid's doing really well. My wife ran a marathon on Saturday. I had a nap today. You know, I'm always, I'm always uh, I don't say s- struggling is putting it too negatively, but... I am always dealing with energy in one way or another and then trying to like course correct as I go along. And when I say energy, I don't just mean like, oh, it's hard to get up in the morning, but like to get the right mix of, 
even for a moment, I hate to say this, but even setting aside my ADHD symptoms, like even setting aside, cause I'm not on anything useful for that at all right now. And it sucks, but you know, it's just, it's, I'm always kind of like fighting these, these, uh, little skirmishes on, on several levels. You know, I, I've got like little, little, um, intermittent, like desire to, to defend a bridge all the way up to like landing on Omaha beach kind of projects and everything in between. And almost all seems to come back to some form of energy. But my reframe on that in the last few weeks or months has been this idea of what I'm calling <laughs> continuity or integrative continuity. This idea of like trying to stop getting in my own way by becoming aware that there's not a lot to be gained by the ways I find myself getting in my own way. And I mean, I'm like, just to be clear, like I'm not like, as far as I know, I'm not going to be hospitalized anytime soon or anything, but like, I've got a brain that operates a certain way and for better or for worse and often for worse. And so that's the kind of thing I'm always kind of like dealing with. I'm, I'm always wondering like who I'm frustrating and pissing off. I'm always thinking then like, oh, that makes me tired and I want to take a nap and just that whole amalgam of different things. And, you know, and I'm pushing 60. So like my body's not what it used to be. And I'm, I'm really feeling that. That's some of the general things. Help me narrow that. So one of the things I recall here. Did I tell you about right, the vacation? Did I tell you what I want to yeah, vacation? No, we, we, about covered, that? we covered the vacation. That went really episode. well. I wouldn't even use air quotes on that if I'm yeah. being honest. All right. Uh, one of the things I heard right before I started falling behind on Dubai Friday was, and you you talked about this in your vague Dubai Friday way where it has to be alluded to for seven episodes where, where before you'll actually directly address it in any kind of way whatsoever, was that you had stop taking one medication because you had to start taking another medication and there was a conflict. And my recollection was that you had to start taking some medication for like, I don't know, some, some like heart pulmonary, whatever thing or whatever. And then you had to stop taking some ADHD medication because it conflicted with it. Am I right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mostly. Um, did, and that, that <clears> was <throat> sucking. <laughs> and uh, depending on how you look at it, it's a fortunate or unfortunate side effect of most ADHD medicine, classic ADHD medicines, um, that the, a, I, th- I think there's this belief amongst people who are not currently being medicated or treated, if you like, for ADHD, that we give kids speed, uh, because the speed makes them all racy and then they don't have ADHD. Yeah, that sounds crazy. That doesn't make any sense. Why is that? Well, okay. Like, mm, yeah, we keep passing that around, but no, here's a better way to look at it is that the dopamine and related chemical things with which my mind struggles or with, you know, that I, that I'm always trying to deal with can be treated with a, with a class of drugs that do a pretty good job of helping you with that problem. A massive side effect is that you also, those all, here's the thing, almost all of those are, are amphetamines or are based on amphetamines and which is really fun. Like it's so fun to take amphetamines. It's really, really good. Especially if you like you're covered by your insurance, it's really good. No, seriously, I think it was great. I enjoyed taking Adderall, but of my own free will, at a certain point, I said, I, I can't keep doing this. I, I, I mean, I've never framed it or thought of it as kicking it, but that's kind of what it amounted to because I just didn't want to be taking speed forever and whatever. But here's the thing. Like, you do get a lot of energy from speed. That's why they call it speed. And so, yes, if you get the right mix of behavioral you know, kind of emotional, therapeutic, all the good stuff that makes our life worth living. And then as a adjunct to that, you have a medication that can help deal with the specific pipes and wires problems that you have. Then you're just stuck mostly with this side effect of like, well, now you've got, probably got too much energy. So maybe you're not sleeping as well at night. 
Or in my case, I would get kind of emotional in the afternoons, getting to the point where I had enough Adderall to get what I needed to feel like myself um, would have a side effect of me getting cranky or like weirdly emotional. So now I'm dealing with that. So now I have to have a different medication for dealing with mood. And and I don't want to overcomplicate this. I'm looking at this in the rearview mirror, just giving this that. But here's the thing. So you're working on your ADHD. You got your Adderall or your uh, Ritalin or Vyvanse or like whatever it is. Some of those are much closer to strict straight up speed than others, but they are all speedy. And here's the point of all this. They all increase your heart rate and blood pressure pretty much across the board. If they're working, they're probably, I mean, my understanding anyway is that if that's working, it's partly because it is increasing your blood pressure. And without going too far into it, that's something I'm working with is my blood pressure. And, um, And so I've had to cut out any of the ADHD drugs that are useful. The one that I do take is mostly go pills for pilots that do nothing to stimulate me, but it's the closest thing <clears throat> to like an on-label ADD drug that's not a stimulant, right? So yeah, it's a little bit of a drag. Here's a fun test. This is my own test. I'm not a physician, but here's something to throw out there. If you take a drug or a medicament or a poultice or whatever it is you take for something, if it's giving you side effects that you like, some drugs give you side effects you like, and some give you side effects you don't like. And it's worth, I think, asking yourself, at least checking in periodically to go like, if this thing made me feel like crap instead of made me feel like I'm full of energy and being myself, would I still take it? And like the truth was, like I would not probably have kept taking Adderall as doggedly back then if it hadn't given me that side effect of energy and focus and engagement and being able to really get that clutch in as fast as I want to like go from zero to 60 in 20 minutes every morning. Whereas now it's more like just dragging and dragging and dragging. So that's one bummer of this is that in trying to, the ADHD treatment has taken a backseat to, you know, cardiac stuff. And then like, and then, but for all of that, I've got to deal with doctors or doctors representatives and it's, it's been kind of a bummer because I don't like dealing with those people. But that's one thing. You're not, you're not taking anything for the blood pressure stuff? It's just a, a stopping of taking other I don't want to talk too much about it, but yeah, I have a thing. But it's, it's too much to get into publicly. But there's a whole thing that like has to be dealt with. But you know that I think, you know, Danny O'Brien introduced me to that phrase, yak shaving. Or like a phrase I've used is lock, locking your keys into a succession of tinier and tinier cars. We were like, oh, I can't fix that thing until it flicks. You know, classic yak shaving, right? Which is like, there's this thing I know I want to do, but I can't do that until I do this other thing. And I can't do that thing. Instead of the XY problem, it's the XXXXXXY problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's all this stuff I have to get through to get to the other thing. Except in that case, it's not for lack of executive thinking and planning to focus on the outcome rather than the implementation. It really is more of like, well, I've got to get an appointment with an endocrinologist and I got to get a referral for an appointment with an endocrinologist. And you know what I mean? Like there's, it's all that stuff. You've gone through similar things in the last year with your health. And it's really, it's really dispiriting. And it's, 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 which it is for, it's not fun for anybody, but I am, I'm sorry to say uniquely ill-suited to handling this stuff. Well, mostly just because I just, I, don't like dealing with any of the people I have to deal with to get this done. And in each case, like I, I begin my day feeling kind of sluggish and out of it and hoping I can like do everything I need to do for the people I love. 
And then like by late morning, it's kind of like, oh, the last thing I want to do right now is try and find an endocrinologist that I can talk to today. You know, the actually thing is, is relevant because I was wondering, like, so you, you, you made this change for doing this thing here. Yeah. And it sound from what I could gather, like, again, right before I, I fell off the Dubai Friday thing to go catch up on the Flophouse, it seemed like it was kind of crappy. And it, but it's not the type because of the yak shaving trail of like X leads to Y leads to Z and all this other stuff. It's not like you can say, actually, let me just change that back for a moment because it's too many things to unwind at this point. And like you're you're embarking on I this basically other- transferred to too many different trains to just mm-hmm. take a step and be back on that. You know what I mean? Like to be back on that original. Yeah, train. Like, because it, that's that's the thing with the, you know, the medications I feel for. I mean, it'll only get worse for all of us as we get older. But like when you have so many different medications that are sort of at odds with each other. Right. I'm sure this is Simpsons episode or quote that no, this is, is this is, this is the story of my mom's life. After she went on blood thinners, everything got more difficult because mm-hmm. ju- just blood thinners alone really screw you up. But you get to that point where you're like, like, hey, there's a pretty good chance if you're in your 70s or 80s and you're on three medications, as hard as they try, there's still a pretty good chance they're going to need to monitor all of those and make sure that one's not stepping on the other. And how will you catch that? Yeah, and the ostensible goal, I mean, the you know, this goal is yes to keep you alive, but also to like in theory improve the quality of your life as well because if they just wanted to lengthen your life, they could just put you in a block of ice and lower your body temperature and put you into a medically induced coma and maybe you know like it's like that. <laughs> right. But actually, be careful about the x and y axis that you yeah, ask for. Like I do, Length I do of want life, to, sure. Step into the cube. <laughs> but like so it's it's sound always sounded to me that going off your ADHD meds to help with this other thing, it's like, so, but which one of those was the worst problem on a day-to-day basis? Was it the ADHD or the ostensible high brother? You're like, well, you'll feel good right up to the part where your heart explodes. And so, like, I understand, like, perhaps shifting attention to other issue, but then if it's just, like, you're if you're seven levels deep in that yak shaving, at what point do you think, like, you know, which one of these things was worse? Like, is, is my quality of life going down? Is my life getting longer, even as its quality decreases? You know, the food's uh, is terrible in such small portions. Like, mm-hmm. not that you're yeah. into that corner yet. No, no, but no, it's no just I, like, I understand what you mean. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, I am not particularly well disposed toward dealing with any of this stuff. Um, and that can mean a lot of things about me and my character for sure probably but like that's the truth there's some things in life that i am extremely well suited to dealing with better than almost anybody you've ever met and there's other kinds of things that i am so ill suited to dealing with that it it should embarrass john and me and you that we're even talking about this because this now we're we're talking in some cases to to a mm, neurotypical person to a normal person looks at this and goes (sighs) Just go to your doctor. And it's like, yes, just go to my doctor. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, I'll do that. I'll just go to my doctor. I don't actually have a doctor. I have a shrink. And like, but like I have like so much of what I do is I'm not going to get into this because I'm going to get yelled at by everybody if I talk about the reality of this. Getting a CPAP machine, as you know, kind of on the DL was, it was because like every, every encounter that I have with these big systems and our great insurance that I'm constantly always being reminded of just constantly reminds me what, what a grind it is. And as I used to like to say in the 43 folders days, you'll never change quickly enough or deeply enough to please a stranger. You'll also never become compliant enough, fast enough and deeply enough to please a medical professional. And I know there's good ones out there and they're great, but like it mainly is, it's about the exercise of power and looking over your shoulder to the next one coming in and you got, no, this is the way we do it here. And it's, I'm not a particularly, 
I don't think I'm a particularly proud person. Maybe I'm more competitive than I am proud if I'm being honest with myself. But like there's just something alongside having to do everything else that I have to do in life, which I, I hope you all can just give me some credit for that even if you don't know everything I do in life, there is stuff I have to do in or choose to do in life. Well, let's set that aside for a minute. Let's just take that as a big block of stuff. Like all the stuff on top of that that I would have I have to do to like get fully compliant with all of the like the medical systems and all the medical professionals where I don't get my finger scraped at me because I did it wrong by somebody is like that is that might as well be a two month long project. It, I mean, if I got the help and things happened, but like, there's just no easy answer. Everybody always, there's the people who are so happy to be in the system. People like my beloved wife are like, oh yeah, we've got this insurance and you go and you do this thing. And you're like, dude, I have to get a referral to update my eyeglasses. And she said, that's not true. We have this coverage and that coverage. And I'm like, honey, I swear to God, I went to college and I know how to read. When I went to the place to schedule an appointment, it says unless like you either go to an emergency room or you get a referral. All I want to do is upgrade, up, update my um, my lenses. So where am I now? Now I'm on Amazon looking at those sets of glasses that you can get and try on at home because I no longer trust any optometrist. I don't, they, they're all bad. Not the optometrist, but the prescriptions. And it's like, <clears throat> that's just one like trivial example of that kind of stuff. And like, I don't know, it's just, it's so... And then, like, and the part of this that makes it difficult and that makes me feel like an especially simple-minded person is that, you know, I still have, a, like, a, at this point, probably, I've had probably half a dozen leftover AD and ADHD pills from the last, like, year. And occasionally, if I really need it for the day, I'll take it. And I'm, I'm not talking about speed. I'm not talking about Adderall. I'm talking about a less strong but still stimulating. And, like, I'm a different human being. I'm from a different year in my life when I take those drugs, but I can't keep taking them until, so, you know, I'm basically trying to pick up the tweezers with the tweezers while I ask if I can borrow your tweezers. There's so many things to all of this that are so complex and step zero in some ways is like, no, I don't have the energy and enthusiasm to get on the horn with, with a bunch of like uh, available endo. Have you tried to get a medical appointment with a therapist? A th have you tried to get a new relationship started with a medical professional in the last two years? It's super not fun right now. Yeah, they should add that for for uh, an upcoming episode. But I have lost my eye doctor and my landscaper, uh, my painter apparently, and we have a pest situation all within like since last episode. So they, so that's uh, even allowing for things like coincidence stuff. Do you think it's just people retiring mostly? Uh, doctor's retiring, landscaper's not working in this area anymore, painters won't return my call, pests came to the house unbidden. So, you know, but yes, now I, I know what you're getting at in terms of like trying, and the medical stuff is, you know, is in some if I, ways if I worse. Had all my go, if I had my, my real go pills circa 2012, 2008, nine, whatever, like I would be, I would be a bolt of lighting getting stuff done, but I don't want to have a stroke tonight. So I'm trying to be really careful with that. I barely drink any caffeine anymore. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, it is, it does feel like a fairly impoverished old man's life. I think I do okay considering, but there are no simple or easy solutions for getting this stuff all taken care of. And even talking about it to anybody, including you, including our dear friends, our listeners, is like now I'm going to be faced with so many people trying to be helpful with me in the sweetest possible way that will do nothing except generate activity for me to have to manage more relationships about how I'm not managing my medical relationships well. 
And like, it's just, there's days when that feels really overwhelming where I feel like I wish I could wave a magic wand. I wish I could make all this stuff just work. And I'm, I'm reluctant to even talk to my friends about it because I'm so tired of being counseled about how I just need to Nike this and like, just do it. It's like, just do which like, I still have to do all of these things. I still need to like, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't touchy about it, but it's, it's been, it's been not super fun, but even in the midst of that, I will say, and trying to like change the topic to something happier is like, that does compel me or encourage me to look for other kinds of solutions to at least some of the, the mental and emotional stuff. And I've been having, okay, good luck with that. It's not as easy as just having my steak taste better pill, but. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, something my grandfather would say in his later years that I'm sure he either saw on a t-shirt or read in Reader's Digest. <laughs> um, and I'm, I've probably even heard the same thing from you because it's probably a, you know, well-known uh, phrase in, in, or the thing. Old, in the old man community. Yeah. yeah, definitely. The old man community. And what he would say is, getting old's not for sissies. Yeah, that's, that's um, people do say we, that. Yeah. He mostly meant that, you know, that, that saying, the way he was saying it was mostly in regards to like the increasingly troublesome, annoying, sometimes gross health issues that you have as you become, <laughs> that point he was in like his 80s, you know, so it's like, it, that's what he meant. But I, the other part of that, the other half of that is what you just talked about. The other aspect of getting old that's not for sissies is having to have way, way, way more contact with some of the least functional institutions in our society, which in this yeah, country is the right. medical system, right? right and so right. if you're if you're young and healthy, you can mostly ignore that because you don't have a lot of contact with it. No, you just go in the dock in the box and they give you penicillin and you right. go home. Like, yeah. like, when do you need it? Oh, well, maybe if I get a bad cold or something, but it's not a big deal. But like, you just have so much more contact with that. And it is, it is not for sissies in that like, it is a never ending, uh, you know, battle. You will never check that off your list. Dealt with medical stuff, check. And then you move on to the next thing that, that happens when you have strep throat, when you're 18 does not happen when you're, as you said, I mean, pushing, even, pushing even if you're in a coma, I'll bet they're not going to like give you, give you like good haircuts and, and, uh, and, a and a tummy tuck and all that kind of stuff you've been wanting to have. It isn't what I'm trying to say is I don't think there's any simple solutions for any of this stuff for anybody. And I do also want to be very clear that I am very grateful that my health has been as good as it's been. I mean, I'm not in terrible health, but it's, and, you know, and you do have insurance. Just imagine if you didn't. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, like it could always be worse, obviously. But like, but yeah, our healthcare system is so messed up that it is just such a su such a battle to do even routine things. But and people, as you get act older, act, people act like insurance is like having like a gift certificate and a reservation at the nicest restaurant in town. And there's just not that many packages packages. There's not that many realities where that's anywhere near the truth. You're still you're still having to go and stick your hand like directly into the gears of these incredibly screwed up machines. It's just that this machine may let you keep a pinky and the other ones take your whole arm. And I, I but I, I do want to just clarify, like just to cover my own butt here that I am grateful that I've been fortunate with good health. And I know that doesn't last forever. And I am old. I don't have any resistance to saying that. I don't, I don't, I, I hate to take the fun out of people's jokes about getting old, but like I said, in the document, youth is the anomaly. It's not bad, but it is true. And it's a bummer that you can't appreciate youth more by knowing what an anomaly is. I, 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 I like my life. I, I've liked my life. If I go this evening with that stroke, like, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. You guys just keep my stuff, whatever. It's fine. But, you know, the, the constant rebalancing, though, and that need to reallocate resources to different kinds of things, that's, that's what makes project management challenging as a, as a vocation. 
Um, because even if everything goes exactly the way you hope it goes as a project manager in, in business, right, or software or whatever, even if everything goes perfectly, that's still going to be really tricky because things will come up you couldn't anticipate, let alone giant things you couldn't anticipate, including that the some person who gave you the charter for the project and who is your primary stakeholder might suddenly decide to like that they want the bridge to be yellow instead of orange because that just because, right? And like the, the thing is though, that project management, like it, it, any project that has begun or is even in the planning stages, there are not a lot of days outside of, you know, Brigadoon or Wizard of Oz where like it suddenly gets way easier than you expect it. It always gets harder because that's ultimately project management is in some ways entropy management, which is really no management at all. It's just showing up and doing what has to be done today. It's just that some days that has to be hopefully be amusing on a podcast. Other days, it's like help my like I've had the most amazing job the last few days, which is helping my kid film these cooking videos for Spanish class where I'm like, oh, finally, this is where I'm a Viking. Like, I finally have the equipment to, like, do something. And and, and he was into it, like, getting some, not help, but, you know, assistance. And it's turning out great. But, like, I don't know. Whenever we talk about other people's, you know, it's, uh, as it feels like something Oscar Wilde probably said, but something like, you know, what, I think his famous line from Lady Windermere's fan or maybe Importance of Being Earnest is, what does he say about, like, um, Losing losing one parent is unfortunate, but losing two feels like carelessness. Um, I, I think there's a there's a similar sort of line where you're like, um, like I could reapportion all all of the baskets and all of the contents of the baskets and go all in on this health thing and like just go disappear into a world of like whatever I want to work on. I could, for that matter, I could take a handful of Adderall and I'd probably have a day or two where I did real well, but it's a constant balancing act. And it's a little bit like trying to fix you ever have to fix subtitle or audio drift in Plex? I think we've talked about this. We're somewhere, right? It's drift. You you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. We're like you've like I like I say I've gone to I've gotten like jrandommovie.srt and I've loaded it up and I'm running it and like it's off. But I'm like, well, how's it off? It seems it's like hmm, the letters are coming a little earlier. The letters are coming up a little later than the lips or whatever. And then like you want to fix it, right? And so you're like, okay, well, your first thing is like, you're probably better at this than I am. You're certainly better at this than I am. I can't eyeball that and go, not only can I not say that that's a 0.5 millisecond, this or that, I can't tell you whether it's ahead of or behind. The only way that I can start to approach that admittedly very small problem is to start making changes and do the basic optometrist trick of, is it better or worse? Do you know what I mean? Just go in, change the, change the delay, change the offset, go left, go right. Right. This, this goes for lots of things in computer stuff, you know, with doing things with graphics and like, oh, would that look better with this drop shadow here or there? Well, first I have to make it look ridiculous and then I have to make it look non-existent and then I have to find the thing between ridiculous, please write this down, <laughs> I have to find the thing between ridiculous and non-existent that makes this acceptable. And like, so when I do that with Plex, it's, the stakes are not that high. Basically, you know, this episode, season six episode of SVU Oh, my brain will just have to get used to it. But do you follow what I'm saying, though? The only, there's no way for me to go in. I could not, for example, if Siri or similar had the functionality where I could say, hey, dingus, adjust offset for subtitles by one millisecond or whatever. Even though I could do that, I wouldn't know what to say because I, I first have to go and get my legs under me by seeing which direction does which, right? Is that making sense? And I feel like that's kind of also the health thing in some ways. It's like there, there. People act like there's these magic bullet-ish things in the world, but like 
really, you're just, you're just spinning different plates. You're really just, it's like one of those horrible survivor challenges where you have to bite off a chunk of meat and then spit it onto a scale. It's like, ugh, it's, it's trying. It's very trying. And, but you can't just stop paying attention to one thing to take care of all the others. I mean, you get a, maybe one of those a year when somebody dies or goes to the emergency room, but there aren't a surpassing number of occasions where like I get the space that I need to do the stuff that needs to be done. Anyways, I'm not sure where I'm going with all of this. I find it, I find it challenging. I find it interesting. And I find it, I'm a little bit not proud of myself, not even pleased with myself, but I'm glad I've been able to survive. By, by trying to like figure out how to w- stop always working at cross purposes with my brain and the world and, and trying to, again, find that, that integrative continuity that lets me move from one thing to the other without feeling like I'm always about to fall on my ass. It kind of makes me think of uh, a phenomenon I'm sure we're familiar with and maybe have even participated in where, again, as people get older, very often there is someone in their life who has an increasingly large role in essentially being a project manager for their health. And you would think, well, especially if it's like a retired person or a really old person, like, well, what you know, else? Like the oldest, the oldest daughter helps take care of mom. Kind yeah. Of like, like well, what else is the old person doing all day? They're retired. Why can't they do their health care as a full-time oh, job? Well, that and could that, also be like taking care of the grandchild. You mean? And I mean, mostly just dealing with the doctors, dealing with all of this, like, like helping them with the drudgery of battling yeah. our health Prescriptions, appointments. And insurance payments. and just, and and dealing and and even just being their advocate, you know. I mean, you've done this for your wife, and when she was in the hospital, it's like just it's, it always helps to have someone there who is not the patient, who is like, you know, yeah, to be to like be your your health attorney. Yeah, and, and but but like I said, in your particular case, and especially when people get older, just dealing with it because for you in particular, because you are as you said, ill-equipped to deal with that particular type of bureaucracy of which we have uh, much. Um, to have someone who will tackle that portion of the problem and then you just have to deal with worrying about actually showing up for your colonoscopy or whatever, whereas they at least got the appointment done and dealt with the insurance and got the referral and did all the other stuff or whatever. And that's why I think a lot of you see a lot more of that sort of uh, double and triple teaming of the healthcare system as people get older, because I think as we all get older, regardless of who we are, our capacity for dealing with that BS lessens. Not because we're just so sick of it or we're just so grumpy or whatever, but just you're because... You're as sharp as you used to be about something where nobody's going to point this out to you, but a sharp person would make a connection like, oh, I just noticed you, something as simple, as trivial as like, mm-hmm. I'm scheduled for two things on the same day and I couldn't be at both but, of those. I mean, even before that, we're not talking about like you're coming down with dementia at age 60 or whatever, but just, just simple stuff like, like we've said before. You, there is some capacity of, you called it energy or whatever, and they very often they do the willpower experiments where you have to do something that exerts some amount of willpower. You have less left over for the rest of the experiment. Whatever that energy well is for dealing with the healthcare system, uh, it gets, it's not that it gets smaller as you get older. It's that what you're asked to do, I'm asked to deal with, uh, you know, uh, an amount of the healthcare system that is equal to 10. But as you get older, now you're asked to deal with the amount that is equal to 100, 100, whatever mm-hmm. unit that is. And even if your well and capacity has actually grown with it, you know, I have more experience with the healthcare system, you're asked to right. interact with it so much more that you if will that was mosquitoes be- instead of healthcare, it would be clearer. You would go like, I can deal with 10 mosquitoes. I can't deal with 1,000 mosquitoes. Right. And it's not like, oh, you get older, your capacity to deal with mosquitoes decreases. No, the number mm-hmm. of mosquitoes increases. That's the problem. Right. <laughs> the no, number no of fair. health problems no fair. goes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I feel yeah, like you're, I think you're right. you are climbing that slope. Um, um, and if I could yeah. 
if I could, uh, you know, send something your way, it would be a, you know, a healthcare helper who I'm sure the healthcare, it's amazing that healthcare systems haven't figured out a way to charge you for that. Like, we'll we'll have an impenetrable system that also will charge you for a person who will help you navigate that impenetrable. It's kind of like the tax system, you know, right? I've seen a, I've seen an ad on cable TV, cable news for a place called a place for mom. And it's a place where, where <laughs> it's not six feet under. <laughs> I love that show. No, I think we need a place for Merlin. We need somebody to come in. And then they go like, oh, all you got to do is this. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can totally do that. And then they just watch me do it to make sure that I do it. You know, and I think that would be very helpful. Would you think you'd want to do that? Would you want to do that for me? Would you want to be my I'm, su- I'm surprised the insurance companies haven't found a way oh, we to sell insurance. you that in the same it's way amazing. that the tax, you know, the taxes in this country, we have a complicated tax system. Then we have companies that lobby the government to keep the system complex so they can sell us services to deal with the complex tax system. Right. And it does at a certain point start to feel like something out of, I want to say like Game of Thrones or like, you know, or Brazil, you know, whatever. Or Brazil, <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I've already compensated you for your goat that my dragon killed, but, you know. Yeah, so anyway, there's all that. Uh, and also, like, but I don't have time for the positive stuff, which is like this, uh, as I say, this continuity bump avoidance stuff has been really uh, interesting. I'll talk about that more with Alex, but if you have other questions, you can, you know, start, start uh, I mean, stockpiling. I'm sure I will. I, I will eventually catch up on Merle in the old-fashioned way no, by listening to you by Friday, no. and then I will have even more questions. But I think you've done a good job summarizing and condensing. <laughs> Was that too sad, John? Your current, no. Like, and mm, I, I, I'm going right. to tell you this. My, my perspective as a longtime Merlin watcher and knower um, is that so you described it as you, you, you going through this thing and balancing all this stuff and you got the health thing. I have to say that from the outside, and I know this is this is a, not a particularly valid perspective because I, I think part of your profession is maintaining this even keel from the outside, but from the outside, your current travails don't sound that different than your travails five years ago or 10 years ago. That's good. Uh, I, I, obviously, they feel different because they're happening to you now. And for all I know, they're 10 times worse than they were. And you're just better at dealing with them. And you only allow to be revealed on your public podcast, a small portion of it. But it, it, I am somewhat heartened to know that that you have dealt with stuff like this in the past. And every time that you have been faced with it, you've found a way to overcome it only to get to the next challenge and so on and so forth. So I am I am optimistic for your chances here, assuming you don't die of a stroke. Mm hmm. We should probably have some kind of a system, like a dead man switch, something where I could check in with you periodically, where you would get a notification. Oh, that's oh, called do stri- by Friday. That's that's the dead man switch. Hmm. <laughs> I, if, I just I just need to listen to that program and we, we, I, we weekly if, challenge podcast. If I if I stop hearing the things that I expect to hear, then I know something's gone wrong, and then I'll <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. I'll hit the Merlin button. 